interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare. Be afraid. No. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Ghouls and gore. And sometimes a little more. My bloody podcast. <laughs> Hello, everybody. It is my bloody podcast. We are back and we are ready to get horrified on my bloody podcast because this is the it's the best week of the year for my bloody podcast. Really? I mean, it's not the month of October yet. It's September 19th, but it is a very special weekend for us and we just love talking about this on this special episode of my bloody podcast i'm brian kluger and i'm joined by not one but two hosts with the most i've got the man who i like to um fest with who i like to sit next to and uh he falls asleep i hold his head up preston varta how are you i'm good i'm very very excited to do this as you said it's the most exciting time of the year for us on on the podcast because there's a lot of great movies hopefully that we can talk about and sniff out some good gems and see these uh movies that people are very much anticipating and let them know if it's good or bad right um also we have another guest joining us on my bloody podcast it's her first time on the show on my bloody podcast and Preston, would you say she knows more about horror and movies than we do? I don't know. We've only talked about two horror movies so far, but she's very knowledgeable, so I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, we're going to find out. All the way from Miami, Florida, we got Chelsea Fernandez. How are you? Preston was so sweet about it. You tried to set me up, and he just, <laughs> he just uh, you know, he hugged me with his open arms, so thank you, Preston. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm good. I'm I'm good. I'm so excited. This is literally like the best week of the year for me. Why is Um, it the best week of the year for you? What's happening? It's Fantastic Fantastic Fest? It's it's just Fantastic Fest. It's movies. It's I get a little, you know, some shenanigans go on because of just things that happen. And yeah. It's it's Vegas for a horror fan or a genre fan. It really is. Oh my goodness. That's a good way to describe it. Um, so let's start out. Let's start out with Chelsea. Chelsea, when did you first attend Fantastic Fest and how did you hear about it? And why do you like it so much as you call it the best week of the year? Best week of the year. Um, so I I found out from, I think, a mutual friend of ours, Tom in 2017 and that's so that was our that was my first um that was my first fantastic fest and that's when i first met you that's true (laughs) how many people were in that house um like 10 12 i want to say a good eight to ten yeah eight to ten and yeah i that was my first fantastic fest. That was my first real, like I've been to smaller film festivals, but like, I just heard that it was just kind of like this whole otherworldly thing. 
And so that was just my, my first fantastic fest. And I was just kind of like enraptured by it after. So. Well, what specifically? Um, I, I think, I think the, I think the movies are so, so well curated one. Um, I think, but I think the sense of community is the best, um, thing there. Like you're, you're with all your other friggin' doors. So was it like the, was it the first time you went to a festival and you felt seen as an individual who loves all that stuff? Yeah. And that I could kind of like openly talk about things and it not be like some weird dark internet forum. Um, <laughs> yeah. And just, just be like, Oh, somebody else gets my references. And, um, Oh, somebody else wants to talk about how, like, uh, you know, this movie was made or behind the scenes stuff, or, um, they're excited for horror and I'm not going to be, uh, labeled as like weird or, you know, something for, liking you know gruesome horror horror movies all right i get it i get it it's Uh, like um let me use another analogy it's like hopping on a train from like one event to the other but just the flow between things because if you go to south by southwest everything is just so separate you have to travel very far between places going from the paramount theater to the alamo that the fantastic fest is going to be at on the on south lamar um and it just like everything feels kind of standard where it's like yeah they're gonna have some big movies there playing but you're not gonna see the same people per se Mm -hmm. uh because there's so many people that go to south by and you'll go to like the paramount where it can fit like 1500 people in there and it can be fun like you can watch something like ex machina or something like that it can be a good time and you saw everything everywhere at once there and so it's fun, but you just don't get that sense of like everybody's just having the best time inside the theater. And then when they're leaving, you don't know what's happened. There could be a drum line. There could be like uh, a naked woman laying on a table and you're just like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Like, it's so weird and messed up. And but I love it. And uh, it just it doesn't stop. It really does feel like a, a nonstop party from the start of the day when it's a little more chill. But it just like it just slowly pushes on the gas pedal throughout the day in yep. terms of like what's the, its weirdness and uh, the sense of fun. Um, so I just feel like, like Chelsea said, it's, it's programmed well, like even when like the, the crazy, uh, more thoughtful movies are kind of playing in the early part of the day where your like brain is waking up and you're like, oh man, I just watched, uh, like an Asian film that was just so thought provoking, very long, but then you get into like the ridiculous, crazy, bloody movies, by the end of the night and you can go to the high ball and have a drink and run into filmmakers and stars and all things. It's just like every night you have a story and that's what really makes it special. It does. When was the first time you went Preston? Uh, I've been going for 10 years now. I think the only year that I missed was uh, the year of COVID. Um, And Brian and I were still trying to decide whether or not we were going to go. Uh, we even considered it when we found out that Black Phone was playing. Um, 
so that was the only year. So I guess technically nine. Um, but I don't remember why I started going. I don't know if it was just because I was enjoying, cause I had been going to South by and I really enjoy, uh, draft house and everything. It was probably just, uh, becoming more associated with, uh, draft house events and things like that 10 years ago or so. And then just being wanting to, the idea of just being in a bubble, that's the one thing that we've been saying whenever it comes to Fantastic Fest is just being, it's one location for the most part. And you can just be, exist in this space and just feel like it's one large hangout. And uh, so that, that's what's always appealed to me. And I've, I just have the best time every year. I do too. Um, I I think this is my it's my ninth or tenth year. I guess it's my tenth year because I think we've been going the same amount of time, right? I think so. Yeah. yeah, and I think I heard about it. I so going to all of these other festivals before Fantastic Fest and always loving the midnight, the midnighters, the midnight movies yeah. that show at festivals are always the weird ones. And like Chelsea said. Yeah. That's what I like talking about. And you're always like, oh, you like that one? Or you is like, yeah, like this is somebody coming from who loves Salo and Human Centipede. And I just want that in my life 24-7 for the most part. And so when I heard about Fantastic Fest somehow through, I guess, mutual friends, a friend and I, um, a fellow colleague and a good friend, Mark Chaffardini, were like, hey, let's both go together. So we both went together. Our first year there, it was just us two. We stayed at the La Quinta which was actually really cool because some of the a lot of the filmmakers stayed there and so we used to give them rides to and from alamo uh before and after the fest each night and so that was kind of cool um and then from there we i don't remember how but we i think we met i met tom and through him met everybody else and started staying in houses together and then now, you know, now we do shows together and we see each other every year and we have our text chains. And I just remember when first going there and not really knowing anybody, it, except like I saw Preston, I saw another one person from Dallas. And it was just kind of like, oh, my God, every movie is fucking awesome here. And all the events and how it's a film festival that's not pretentious and very accessible because as Preston knows, we've gone to a lot of film festivals South by or not. A lot of these film festivals can be like too good for you. Like it's hard to get hard to talk to people in that environment, unless you have pre-approval and it's required, but at fantastic fest, you're at a bar and you can just strike up a conversation with anybody and everybody's very happy to be there. And that's what I like about it. Yeah. Which is why I said, yeah, with South by, it's just like they have the red carpet, they have the the intro to the movie, they show the movie, and after that they have a Q and A maybe, and then you move on to the next thing. It doesn't feel like you're hopping on something else. With like, it's not like a big. It's, it doesn't feel like a large group that's all hanging out with each other and is going on this train that still keeps the party going in between the stops. Uh, right, like 97% of the talent, the actors, the directors that come to Fantastic Fest stay for multiple days just to hang out because it's a good time. Yeah. And it's like, it's like a little uh it's like a little, you know, like camping. It's like a yeah. like a little little horror fest. Like we're all in the same 
right? You know, we're, you know, we're all in the same little bunk area and we see yeah. each other, you know, every, every single day kind of thing. So this year, we're very excited to come back to Fantastic Fest. It's going to be a very different Fantastic Fest because of the writers and actors strike. As of right now, September 19th, there's no resolution with the writers and actors strike. So actors and writers allegedly won't be there to at least promote or talk to press or do anything. They might show up to watch their world premiere of the movie, but they won't talk uh, about it, which is what I'm hoping. I hope at least to see somebody or run into somebody at the bar and stuff like unofficially um, yeah. is what I'm, I'm sure hoping talk to somebody about it. As like just just talking not normally, not recording manner, yeah, like off the record. Right. Uh, but it's going to be a very different one since actors and writers won't be there, but directors and producers will be, which will still be great. Um, and this year's theme is uh, satanic. Uh, they do themes every year. What was last year's theme? I remember the. It was sci-fi thing. It wasn't right? the robot or the Cthulhu or something like that was it the no i don't i don't know i'm trying to remember this year is satanic which is awesome it's it's hell it's like satanic panic hell um yeah yeah i'm very very excited for this and so this is uh 2023 fantastic fest uh there is going to be several of us in a house we're gonna have a good time and we have movies that we want to share with you on this special episode of my bloody podcast of what we're looking forward to and what you the listener can look forward to in the coming weeks or months of what we're excited to see um so let's start it out let's do uh let's do one round one round one round so uh, chelsea why don't you start us off and what is one movie that you're very much looking forward to coming to Fantastic Fest this year? Um, I think one of the biggest ones, um, a lot of people are looking forward to, but um, it would be Gareth Edwards, the creator. And I know that it just had its premiere last night. Um, I guess it's like world premiere last night. Um, I am trying to... I think I read one or two reviews, but I'm trying to like, you know, just keep to myself. Um, But I am, it's a combination of what it's about. um, Just kind of like the questioning, you know, AI against what is humanity? What does that look like? Can we coexist together? Um, And I know that I I was, uh, I was, seeing some of the stuff that he had said last night and he described it as a mix of Blade Runner and Apocalypse Now. And that's just, um, that is in my wheelhouse. Yeah, that is in my wheelhouse um, with just this beautiful score by Hans Hans Zimmer. So everything that I've seen about it, um, you know, makes my my ears perk up. it was filmed in over 80 locations. It just, it looks beautiful. So I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty sold. Yeah. You got Allison Janney as yeah. a badass in it, which yeah. is awesome. Cause I love her. I love her too. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a movie that I'm, 
I think I'm most curious, one of the most curious movies I want to see there just because of the Gareth scene, because, you know, it's very, it's all known that, you know, he did Godzilla and then he did Rogue One, but his Rogue One cut was not, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not his vision, but maybe this is like, this is his, you know, middle finger to Disney and Lucas of like, this is what it could have been like. Um, So with that and from hearing stuff like oh it's gonna make us cry it's gonna be so action-packed and adventure and poignant i'm i'm looking forward to that very much so and so chelsea do you think you're gonna cry in this movie um usually themes like this of just like what is humanity and mixed with technology mixed with just these huge themes um i'm gonna say there's a 90 percent chance that i cry (laughs) (laughs) there's a good 90 percent chance that i get in into my existential like whoa melancholy and cry yeah all right yeah no i'm very much looking forward to this one as well i think uh uh, i'm curious if it'll be like one of the top three or five movies of the year Mm-hmm. so very well could be um good good choice good thing yeah uh preston what about you uh i'll start with another somewhat heavy hitter uh which is uh pet cemetery bloodlines pretty much all the picks that i'm gonna have are all animal related <laughs> in some capacity <laughs> um so, but this one is exciting for me just because the novel Pet Cemetery by Stephen King is probably one of my all-time favorite novels. I, I feel like that is the one, if not the one book for me that I feel like I just really made me fall in love with uh, Stephen King's writing and the way that he describes and puts you in places. And so Judd Crandall is one of my favorite characters of all time. And I just the the idea of following a young version of him, even though like I I'm a bit nervous about that sort of thing, because whenever we deal with, you know, something that's good on its own and it has that mystery to it or like character that you really like has some mystery to them and like has has a past that's teased. It sometimes over explaining those things and finding out the origin story, so to speak, can be very damaging to uh, a property Um, case in point, maybe solo a little bit. Um, So, um, but, but with this, I think there's a lot here. Uh, If you watch the trailer, uh, you have a filmmaker that's new on the scene, which is exciting to me. Sometimes uh, just having a filmmaker that has an established filmography can be like, well, this, you know, can go either way, but there's always something exciting, especially when you go to a film festival like Fantastic Fest, that you want to see some filmmakers making their uh, feature debuts and things like that. Because it's, that that just, when you're at Fantastic Fest, you're trying to find gems. And this could be a gem, even though it has like, you know, Pet Cemetery in its title. It's dealing with Stephen King work in some capacity, an untold chapter so uh as we're as we're we were teased with this because it's a prequel set in 1969 um but i i have i'm gonna go with my gut and i hope that it's something good 
Um, as I said, it's set in 1969, focusing on a young Judd uh, Crandall um, deals with like, you know, him, him wanting to leave town, uh, which is uh, Ludlow, Maine, and uh, but a cult maybe there, some sort of dark family. And what's kind of humorous to me about this is that uh, somebody, two actors that have been in a lot of horror movies lately on a like somewhat lower scale um but i've really been enjoying their work in the horror realm is uh one henry thomas and then two um uh what's his name david uh, david duchovny right um mm -hmm. so he was most recently in the craft uh legacy cool craft legacy also in this kind of like cult like thing <laughs> Um, so a bit of a continuation of things that we've seen them do. Uh, but you also got Pam Greer in there. Um, so the, the cast is exciting. I, I saw the, the main kid in it, or maybe not kid, young adult, um, Jackson White. He was most recently in uh, Tell Me Lies on Hulu, uh, which was a pretty decent series uh, in a kind of gossip, gossip girl kind of way. Um, so I think there's a lot of promise here. Uh, it could also go very badly, but I, I've i enjoyed, at least for me, I know Brian feels the other way. I've I was going to bring that up. I've enjoyed the Pet Cemetery films so yeah. far. Um, I, so I, I'm hopeful. I'm very much looking forward to you, to the hope, the situation where you love it and I hate it. And I get to tell you how much I hate it because in the last Pet Cemetery movie, I hated it, press and loved it. And it was like our first podcast where we really vehemently butted heads on it. And it was so glorious. Yeah, yeah. I got <laughs> I got very passionate with my point of view on that movie. He did. Uh, because I was just so, I don't know, bewildered by your whole perspective. I think I under, ultimately understood it, but it still wants you to be able, to, in the same way that I want you to be able to go back and watch Oppenheimer, I want you to, <laughs> I want you to align a little bit with what what I feel. I know I can't mold you into that perspective, but you're going to watch it again one day, and I hope I hope that you'll pick up on some of the the nuances that I did that I enjoyed. Um, let's hope so. Um, uh, I, if we're sitting next to each other and this movie's starting to stink, I will admittedly lean over to you and say, dude, this movie is shit in the bed. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. I look I'll forward. Say yes. It's living up to the maybe dead is better thing. All right. All right. No, I'm looking forward to this moment. I can't wait to watch it with you. <laughs> <laughs> um i guess one of mine i guess we'll do another heavy hitter as well as you say um it's the opening night film which this movie makes no sense to me how it's being made and why it's being made uh but i am super excited for it it is the toxic avenger yes the toxic avenger remake i guess so the toxic avenger is a trauma movie and if you don't know trauma so Troma is a production company that in the 80s and 90s put out a lot of really bad, schlocky, gross-out movies um, such as Rabid Grannies, Nymphoid Barbarian, and Dinosaur Hell, Sergeant Kabuki Man series. Um, 
any guy I could the list goes on. The names are just as crazy. And these are very gross movies. A lot of people got their start in trauma, such as James Gunn or Samuel Jackson, or even um, James Cameron. They all kind of started in trauma out of New York uh, with uh, from Michael Hertz and Lloyd Kaufman. But at some point in um, in the early days of 1984, Troma did their version of a superhero movie before Marvel was a thing, before DC was a thing. They created a character called the Toxic Avenger in 1984. And it was basically a nerdy janitor who's always picked on. He gets pushed into a toxic waste pool and he becomes this mutated, gross superhero muscular monster who's a very sweet guy trying to take out bad guys um b movie as all get out uh it did so well garnered such a following that they made three other sequels um two of the sequels came out in the same year (laughs) which is really funny and for some reason it's coming back in a with a hell of a cast and a director and writer who has done some of the best movies of the last 10 years, Macon Blair. Macon Blair, as you know, from Blue Ruin, from Green Room, from, uh, what was the other movie, Preston? Uh, I don't feel at home in this world anymore. Yes, uh, I don't feel at home in this world anymore. And it's starring Peter Dinklage, Jacob Tremblay, Kevin Bacon, Elijah Wood, Jane Levy, uh, I mean, this is kind of crazy to me because knowing what trauma is, like they are very much a schlocky horror X-rated porn type of company. And we're bringing it to the mainstream. And I'm very happy about this. I have no idea what to expect with this cast and crew here. But Thank I am- God for movies like Malignant that help pave the way and say that you can put some weirdness in your mainstream. Yeah, you could put the weird shit and people will enjoy it. And to have Macon Blair come aboard and write and direct this, I'm just, I'm so fascinated how that came about. It's like, because you would think like James Gunn would come back to Troma and do this or something like that because he started there. But no, Macon Blair, who's done all of these kind of award-winning movies, is coming to Troma and... I'm so happy for this. So happy. Yeah, I I would definitely probably put this. I, I think if I'm speaking honestly, it's probably the one movie I'm looking forward to the most. Uh, just because I have no idea what to expect, like you were have, saying. Have it, either of you seen any of the Toxic Avenger movies? I haven't. Yeah? No, you haven't, T- Chelsea? I have not. Okay, so... But I'm familiar with it. I think I may even have it, so I may have that stupid collector... Uh, collector set. ...where you own things that you've never seen. So um, it's interesting. At some point over the last, like, eight years, Troma put their entire catalog for free on YouTube. I suggest at some point before Fantastic Fest opening night screening, just go to YouTube, like look up clips of like, let's type in the best of Toxic Avenger. You'll get a feel for what they were. And I'm curious on what they're going to do with this one, because like trauma is the type of type of type of company that 
they had one scene they filmed for one movie and it was like a car driving down a street and it like very easily is seen like it goes up a ramp and crashes they put that in every movie the same exact scene <laughs> but like tried to film or like try to show it differently but it's the same so i'm curious if that will show up here um it's really funny so chelsea are you looking forward to toxic avenger at all yeah i i mean i love so i love peter dinklage and i love him doing these just like very weird things where it i i like i like see, i love seeing him outside of like a game of thrones kind of thing um i have no idea what to expect from this movie I'm very excited because I know it is the opening night movie. So I know it's got to be some level of ridiculousness. So, yeah, I'm just, I don't really know what to expect. Right. And that's the exciting part. That yeah. yeah. Like there's, I don't, I don't know if I've seen the image, the still image. Like I've, I haven't, there's no material for me to go. Yeah. There's no trail. Yeah. There's yeah. It's there's so um, like my, my, my reasoning for this is so that years ago, I would say maybe six, seven years ago, it was reported that Arnold Schwarzenegger had signed on to do a remake of Toxic Avenger. He was doing it. So I just looked today on IMDb Pro. Arnold's name is not anywhere on it. However, my guess is that he's going to be a surprise cameo and it's going to be Peter Dinklage as the, the nerdy janitor. But when he hulks out and falls in it, underneath the mask it'll be arnold we'll never see arnold but it will be him in a mask and that's what i really hope is going to happen because that would be a huge uh cameo star thing and from what i feel like i need to watch this next to you because i don't know whether or not that i'm going to ultimately watch the best of clips or end up watching the movie as a whole because I don't know. I, I I do like the idea of just being like Thursday is entirely dedicated to this movie. Yeah. <laughs> going I, to the I, party and the conversation after, and then maybe after that, I might be like, okay, I want to go. I remember the audience getting super excited about this and that's kind of part of it being like, Oh, what does that mean? And then everybody's talking about it. So I don't yeah. know. I like right. the idea of watching something blind. I mean, with any trauma movie, you can expect loads and loads of tits and bush and nothing to make sense. I mean, that's kind of what a trauma movie is. And just like really gross out, very John Waters-y type Vinegar of... Vinegar Syndrome. Yeah. yeah, very John Waters-y type of grossness, uh, maybe even more so. Uh, it's, it's like that. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to this opening night movie because Again, there's no trailers. There was only like one image, which was like a silhouette there. You just can't tell anything. So I'm very excited about it. Yeah. And enough can't be said about my love for Macon Blair, because I think that he's an incredible filmmaker, have only done a few things. But the, the stuff that he does with Jeremy Sonier is really great. And there's some things that he's uh, either written or been a part of him and his wife where uh, Lietti are part of this movie that I really loved a couple of years ago called Mustang Island. And I thought that was a great movie. So I feel like he's just so dialed into uh, whatever he's creating. Um, something like I don't live, <laughs> I don't live uh, alone in this world anymore. Uh, 
just probably just butchered that title. It's it's a long title making. I'm sorry. I don't feel at home in this world anymore. Um, was a really uh, great movie. Um, just had a great cast and just took some chances, felt risky, felt dirty and felt authentic in its own weirdness in a way. Like it can feel otherworldly, but still kind of grounded in what it's doing. And I feel like that's going to uh, carry over into something like this that can be something ridiculous and otherworldly, but still feel like, man, that feels like it was made in like the late eighties where things like took some risks and uh, felt dirty and stepped on in some in some way and so uh it, it, and still is intense and funny and all these things uh he has a real handle on tone um and be la something you can look at something like green room even though you know that's jeremy sonier but definitely uh has his dna all over it as a writer uh, yeah so um i i have uh i think it's gonna be great i really yeah do. I think it's going to be great too. And fucking Elijah Wood back at Fantastic Fest again. What memes yeah. are going to come out of this? I hope he's on his little scooter. Yeah. <laughs> With his cigarette tea. and his mustache. <laughs> he's like the unofficial mascot. And I just, yeah, just such a sweet man. So. I remember doing the chicken dance with him for Men and Chicken premiere. <laughs> Just remember doing that. Uh, so crazy. Uh, okay, so back to Chelsea. What's your other uh, film that you're really looking forward to? So my other is not a film, but it's um, the series, the Netflix series, the Mike Flanagan um, Fall of the House of Usher. And I know that you've seen a little bit of it. But Brian, Brian can't talk about it. I can't. I've seen. I've seen five episodes of it, and I, I'll say that I could say this. I say it's the best thing Mike Flanagan has done thus far. I just so I. There's a lot of people that hate Mike Flanagan monologues. I am not of that, you know, team. I love yeah. Mike Flanagan. I think his monologues are amazing. Um, I will tell you, I, this morning when I woke up and I was thinking about what is my favorite Mike Flanagan monologue, I rewatched the one, um, from at the end of midnight mass. Yeah. Just don't do that. Just don't do that in the morning. Maybe um, when you haven't seen it for a little bit, um, made me sob because of just how amazing it is. Um, and I remember right after I said that I like tweeted, I was like straight to him. Cause I was like, I have to know. And I was like, this made me think of Carl Sagan. And he, and he said, Carl Sagan is profoundly important to me. And just his themes of grief and love and just, I mean, he, he marries them so well with this like terrifying horror um, and I think it's, it's best in, um, I think it, I think my favorite series of his has been Midnight Mass. So to see all of this, um, to see another um, kind of series from him, I mean, it just makes me insanely excited. Um, and to just look at the cast, I mean, a lot of people he has um, are coming back, like the Henry Thomas it, um and Carlo Cugino, but also like the addition, addition of like Mark Hamill um, yeah. makes it, me super excited. Keep it button, Brian. 
Yeah. Oh man, Mark Hamill, you're going to see him in such a different light here. And he, this might be a character he is going to be besides Luke Skywalker. He will be remembered for in Joker. Yeah. Maybe more so than Joker. That's, I don't know, man. He's like, he's like my Joker. Uh, yeah. When you watch this. Oh my goodness. But yeah, I'm just um, any anyone who kind of puts their own spin on um, like a, like this old gothic horror, you know, Ed, Edgar Allan Poe short story and can make this kind of long form series out of it. I'm always going to be like, uh, what, what are you uh, what have you done? Let me see it. And then it's Mike Flanagan. So I'm just like, OK, I'm all in. Give it to me. So I'm super excited for that. I just think his kind of overarching themes of in everything that he does he makes things so scary but he makes things so meaningful mm-hmm. and just kind of this whole like love transcending and humanity and just i eat it up so i'm yeah. super excited right i i 100 agree with that i i feel like he's one of the most exciting horror or genre filmmakers uh, today like he is what probably to a lot of people you know watching a classic horror filmmaker like well you know a lot of them didn't like consecutively make stuff but like you know like John Carpenter or something like that even though you can look at their filmography you can say it goes a certain way but like there's just like I feel like when, when we're going to be talking about this era of filmmaking in terms of like horror he's definitely going to be probably near the top of the list. Um, Like he just has such, like Chelsea said, like has such a handle on all these different themes and um, can make something like, like she said, uh, extremely scary and feel like something that you would see out of an exorcist movie or something that was done in the shining or something of Stephen King caliber in terms of like reading it and being put in the moment uh, or feeling a part of the moment um, and scared but also he has like this emotional current within his work. That's as strong as something like Spielberg does. Um, so I, I think that it's going to be a great series. I'm very excited to, to watch it. And uh, Brian's kind of teased some things in our chat room that sounds very exciting. Um, um, but yeah, I'm also like, Brian, stop talking, man. I don't want to no, no, no. stop it. <laughs> But um, but I think I think it's going to be great, and and I'm glad that another Flanagan project is going to be at Fantastic Fest or in Austin. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be great. Yeah, I I am too. I'm so happy for everybody to watch it, and I'm glad they're showing the first two episodes because yeah. the the end of the second episode is going to make everybody just like show me third, show me fourth, show me fifth. <laughs> yep gonna be good reactions uh it'll be that'll be one like that i wish that they set up cameras in the theater to get everybody's reaction (laughs) because that will be a good one to do for sure you'll just hear me in the back going what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) oh it's gonna be great and uh it's yeah, you're you're gonna think of me especially in the second episode because I while I love Flanagan and all of his things that he does, I think it's like him at his his most vulgar and um 
in like its most pervasive way. It's it's pretty crazy. It goes to places, but I'm very excited for you all to see it. <laughs> now I yes. just want to watch it now. now the I fall of the house of Asha. Good. Uh Preston, what's up? Uh, what's up next? Uh keeping the animal theme going for me, I will go with Rage. Uh Rage is a movie that I just saw the title and I was like, I know it's a very it's just a word rage but also one of my favorite uh, is it 28 days later sequel what <laughs> 28 days later sequel called yeah, rage yeah yeah <laughs> or that nick cage movie um so uh one of my favorite movies of all time that i saw at fantastic fest was raw and that just single word film and just has enough to kind of pique your interest a little bit like what 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 does it mean like for rage yeah exactly that is it is it uh is it like a Carrie sequel since the Carrie movie had a rage in the title um uh just like what what is is it a is it a you know a zombie movie or what um and then i just what, what's fun about fantastic fest is that they do like these really great little just like capsule type of things to kind of let you know what you're in for like they'll have like uh, what genre it is or just like what what to expect out of it so as soon as you pull it up it says werewolf child in peril all right okay rage <laughs> there we go <laughs> um, but then I see the image of it and there's also a trailer that's available that I've watched. Um, it's, uh, it's set in Mexico and it deal, it's like a father daughter story. And I was like, dude, that's great. Father daughter story, um, going into a community that's gated with some secrets going on. Um, uh, one of the relatives of, um, this family, had been killed and involves like owing a lot of money to some people and getting beat to death and that sort of thing. But so my favorite types of movies, again, bringing it back to raw is that they don't fully lean into the whole werewolf thing or like the, just for raw, you know, uh, cannibalism at mm -hmm. the, and we've said this countless times on this uh, podcast when we talk about raw is, uh, you know, it's a very sweet story about sisters at the end of the day. There's a lot to grasp onto with a film like that, that has kind of like Flanagan has like, you know, a lot of relatability to it. You understand that that dynamic between the sisters and the sense of family and that sort of thing. And so for this, um, watching the trailer and seeing the image and reading all of what it's about, I was getting some raw vibes and also something like... Um, uh, let me in or, or let the right one in. Um, and I feel like it's going to be one of those uh, secret movies uh, that people don't know too much about. And maybe we'll talk a lot about of those few people that saw it. Um, so I'm very hopeful for this. I think it's got, uh, it's going to have some really good drama sequences in there. Uh, you can already expect that dogs are going to die in it. Um, that tends to be a theme of Fantastic Fest is that you watch a lot of movies where dogs die. Um, and I, I'm kind of past this point in my own consumption of film that I can handle children in peril. Um, in oh, yes. We, we, we've graduated, Preston? Yeah. It's a time a where you used, to, you used to walk yeah. out of movies. 
<laughs> I know, but I got through Mike Flanagan's Doctor Sleep, uh, and that has oh, like yeah. the most horrifying sequences that I've ever seen involving a child. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I I handled it, and even the director's cut of it, which is much better, I would say, um, is uh, leans into that even a little bit more. So um, I, I have I think this one's going to be uh, it's going to sneak up on you. So yeah. that's range. That is good. I'm so glad. So, Chelsea, do you know the story about the movie Mother with um, what's her name? Darren Aronofsky's movie with uh, Jennifer. Uh... Oh, I mean, I've I've seen it. Okay, so this the press screening for that movie happened. Was it was it the week that your son was born? It was like two weeks oh, after. Hard, it was the though. first movie I saw right after he was born, and so. Of course, at the towards the end of that movie, a baby is born and they take him apart viciously. Yeah, that hit Preston so hard he got up and left and did not come back. And I lean over to our colleague Susan. I go, "There goes Preston." <laughs> and I checked on him later that night. I think I think I text you. He's like, "You okay, bud?" And he's like, "Yeah, I went home and I just said, G- give him to me. I gotta hold him." give them to me (laughs) well that's sweet you never know how things like that are going to affect you though yeah yeah. i I, it was i i loved it so there was a while where preston couldn't wasn't going to do that and i'm curious if susan is going to be able to do stuff like that now since she just had her kid but i'm glad he because I remember that scene with Jacob Tremblay and Dr. Sleep is amazing. And in, I love it that it goes on for so long because it's so horrifying. It's his yeah, scream. Yeah. It's, it's uncomfortably long. Yeah, he plays it. He sells it so well. Like a wrestler selling, getting hit and knocked down. Jacob Tremblay at that age sells getting murdered. <laughs> there, there's like few movies that have this effect where especially when you become a parent it just really hits you like i i watched uh saving private ryan uh not too long ago and this movie in, in this particular part always affected me when you know when he's getting stabbed oh real slowly and then they like they're asking for their mom and yeah. it's just like that innocence like same thing with the movie 50 50 with joseph gordon levitt when he's like going into surgery for the first uh for the first time to you know have the uh, tumor removed and he's just like mom, mom it's like this it's just this innocence that they capture within the moment of just absolute horror is just terrifying and so uh that that particular moment in mother was just a middle finger to what i was going through at the moment of being a new parent and just being like at this verge of like so like i have this child and he can be anything anything can happen and you're you're just like in this confused state the entire time because you're like you're holding this child and you're like oh my god like i I could just you know like anything could happen it just you're you're just in complete disarray um and so the rawness of that moment of just seeing like the child piss as it's like fearing and being dragged and then ripped apart like i i was if I was to talk to uh, Darren Aronofsky, and I don't think it would phase him one bit, I'd be like, "Fuck you for that moment, man!" Like, <laughs> it was the worst thing. It was it was like one of the mer- worst 
movie experiences that I've had in, in that particular moment. I've since watched the movie and get through it. And it's, it's okay. Cause that whole movie is just complete chaos and I admire it for its chaos and, and, and daring. Um, but yeah, that, that was a movie, man. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Uh, oh, I forgot to show you Chelsea. I got VHS of midnight mass. Uh, I've got a custom one and yeah, they're, they're, they're beautiful. Um, just, yeah, I also think Midnight Mass is Mike Flanagan's uh, best best oh, work. Oh, they're beautiful! Oh, they're so beautiful! Oh, I'm very jealous. So we'll 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 let you know, Brian, if we think it if it tops it. Right. Well, you have to let me know after you watch all the episodes. Um, okay. So, but I think after at least the second episode, you're going to be like, "Yes, all right. is what we're doing." Um. All right. Good, good stuff. All right. My second pick uh, is going to be a little bit different. Um, the movie is called I'll Crush Y'all. <laughs> and with a movie called I'll Crush Y'all, I'm very excited about. It's from Spain. It's 90 minutes. And uh, I don't know really much anything about this movie other than like the little blurb it gave in the Fantastic Fest uh website saying that oh it's about a bare knuckle boxer retired boxer who just got out of prison and his dog and they must fight together wave after wave of gang members coming on their property and to me i'm just like holy shit this is a spanish john wick boxing movie set in one location and I am here for this. Like, I think this movie is going to be like the 15-year-old of me and just like yelling, yes, type of thing. I'm very excited for a movie like this because there's usually something like this at the fest that plays. And with the title, like, I'll Crush Y'all, just appeals to me <laughs> very much. And for a dude and his dog to take out a bunch of criminals, that's the movie I want to see. That's the movie I... I would like to make <laughs> and I'm here for it. What do y'all have any interest in this movie? I didn't know. I mean, I think I remember you texting about it and I didn't really pay much attention to it. So sorry, <laughs> Brian. Um, but there's a lot to take in with the festival. So, uh, I mean, that's why we do previews like this is to kind of turn people on to some of these movies that may not appeal to them at all, but through your own description of that, it sounds interesting to me because that's like my favorite part of John Wick 3 is seeing Halle Berry have those trained dogs taking out people. And and then when you marry that with uh, the raid or something like that, that's that sounds exciting. Yeah, it's pretty funny. So like from the the blurb about it on Fantastic Fest, I'll Crush Y'all is a showcase for Mario Mayo's nuthead. He's basically the Spanish Jason Statham. And their slingshot wielding partner, Monica, they punch, tackle, kick, and shoot their way through waves of gangsters trying to take them down with some screwball romantic comedy hijinks, but mostly they just want to kill everybody with, with their standout German shepherd dog. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, this movie screams Brian. Yeah. It almost sounds like a Takashi Miike film, like First Love. That we saw yeah, right. It, it was kind of like a romantic movie, but it got very bloody too. Yeah. So, um, I would you say, Chelsea? I think, 
No, it, it just always makes me feel good inside when when dogs kill people uh, in <laughs> in movies, not in real life, but in movies. Oh. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, I'm very excited for this movie just because of what it sounds like. I watched the trailer and it looks so impressive. And the guy who's supposed to be the Jason Statham character is like a taller, beefier Jason Statham. And I just feel like there's going to be some hits and kicks in this 90 minute movie that are just like, yes, yes, yes. And I, I can feel like me owning the poster to this movie and collector's editions. I'm, I'm really excited. You know what's also great about everything that we've talked about so far? I think all of them are less than a hundred, less than two hours long. I, which is awesome, by the way, because last year, Preston, there were some really yeah. long ones. <laughs> so, decision to leave was beautiful, but it was yeah. so dense. Preston and I sat right next to each other during decision to leave and we're so excited. And while we liked the movie, I told, I think yeah. I said, like, I don't know if I'd watch this again. Like I get it. Yeah. It's very painfully slow. And it's, I feel like they could have told the same story in 90 minutes, but got to respect. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but again, there's something uh, like there's another movie I saw at Fantastic Fest a couple of years ago. Another Asian filmmaker did this movie called Burning. And mm-hmm. it was very like moved at the speed of molasses. It was all about just kind of putting you in this space. And then by the very end of it, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, they could have just told that movie in 90 minutes. But I still thought about it all the time. Um, and, and I think about decision to leave. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, I Maybe that's the thing now. Now that I'm a parent, it's like I like movies that are 90 minutes, get me in and out, tell a really effective story, good performances, good moments, high stakes, all that stuff. But uh, <laughs> and, and I'm still of the yeah. fact like Tarantino and Scorsese can do a three hour movie and I'd be fine with it. Like they yeah, can yeah. tell a story perfectly in three hours. I'm I'm there. Most everybody. I noticed you I, left uh, Christopher Nolan off that list. <laughs> I sure as shit did. <laughs> uh no no Oppenheimer here um yeah so it it would be I'll crush y'all I'm very looking forward much to seeing a movie called I'll crush y'all um so hopefully we'll all see that together back to Chelsea for your final pick so my final pick my final pick is for cobweb um not to be confused with U.S. kind of domestic version that came out a couple months ago. Um, But this is a South Korean version. Um, This is the one... I don't know anything about Cobweb. I know it's a South Korean movie and I know about the American version, which I think, is it Lizzie Kaplan's in it? Or maybe not. Which is what what Chelsea was saying. Like, it's going to get confused with, uh, but the i this movie wasn't on my radar at all until chelsea brought it up and i was like oh it's got that actor from parasite in it and and it's a south korean movie and in uh two the two screenings that they had had already sold out and they added this third one and i was like man it's got some good buzz going for it so that's one that i kind of steered clear of um because i think that's how it was when i saw parasite uh I heard some rumblings, heard some people talk about it. And then when I saw it, I was like, oh, my God, I'm glad I didn't really know too much about it. It's um, it's directed by Kim Ji-woon. He did A Tale of Two Sisters and um, I saw The Devil. Yeah. So I definitely love those. Um, but this is more of like a 
dark comedy um and and like Preston say it's dark it's it's about a director that's uh obsessed with the fact that the ending of the movie Cobweb which was filmed in the 1970s would be better if it was refilmed um okay. so it it kind of goes through a through the kind of like hijinks and the set conditions and I watched the trailer last night and it just looks like an amazing dark comedy mm. I'm looking forward to that too because I love I Saw the Devil. I love Tale of yeah. Two Sisters. Jesus Christ, those movies are so good. And for that to be pre- his next movie is premiering here. I'm just like, dude, let's let's go. Like they brought in Takashi Miike, they brought in Parasite. Now they're bringing this in. I'm just yes, please. Oh, yeah. Very very much so. I'm looking forward to this. I'm I, hopefully. By the time Preston and I are allowed to get tickets, there will be more theater showing this, or there will be it'll yeah. be online screener or a PN PNI screening. So, yeah, I, I'm in that. I'm in that first. I'm in that first one. Yeah, I'm in that first one, it's all sold out. So lucky. No, <laughs> well, to watch stuff like that with like a full crowd, that it, it's just like there's nothing else like it. So yeah, I'm excited. No. It's exciting. That's a good one. I can't wait. Uh, Preston, your final pick. Yes, the the closing chapter of the Animal Trilogy that I focused on here is uh, a movie that has animal in its title. It's called Animal Kingdom. And this one, man, uh, reading the description of this one is a, is a journey because you're thinking of a lot of things uh, because, for one, this particular writer who wrote this, uh, Anik Mer, um, I shouldn't even bother bringing up this writer's name. I'm not going to do it. Um, so they brought up, uh, they brought up in their description, uh, Raw and Titan. Um, and so th- for the reasons uh, that French genre film is getting more play um, these days uh, after movies like Raw, and there, there's some comparisons probably that could be made there in the same thing that I was bringing up with the movie rage and that it's a very, like, it could be, it's about so many different things, but it just happens to have like the supernatural uh, current there as well. That's not, that's more of like the backstory, at least the, from what I'm picking up from this description and image that's out there. Um, but, you know, we brought it up on this, podcasts are either fear and loathing like i love movies like you know ginger snaps that something like that is just like you know also about friendship but has werewolves in it this one i was getting like is this like lobster or something like that like it's it's about a illness that's uh happening within the world so think covid but instead of getting like a sick a, a bad bad sickness you turn into a you mutate into an animal and so it's like a son in mom story but the mom turns into a where a wolf and some government comes in takes her to a treatment center i guess you can maybe pick up that these this is like the early stages of this illness because it's a new illness and so a government comes in takes the mom the mom manages to escape so Halloween vibes and the son is trying to find the mom, but he's also going through some things and he might be transforming into something. Um, so it's just like 
that that mystery and that sort of like involving mutating animals like how are they going to handle that what are they going to look like in their animal form do they use real animals i don't i don't know there's 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 a there's not a there's enough of a tease there to cause me to lean in but i'm also like it could also when you watch the movie if it's like not practical effects or it does not sell itself to well enough to uh, you know meet its premise this exciting premise then it could really go down uh downhill but um you got some na uh, big name uh, french actors in there and that whole vibe has me pretty uh interested in in what it could accomplish so i'm i'm all about trying to find these gyms this year i think there's 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 a handful of big name headlining films that are playing there with actors that you uh or actors or filmmakers that you know but the movies that i tend to flock towards or the ones that i continue to talk about after it, it's over like something that me and brian saw a couple years ago 2019 um this movie called worm w y r m that's currently on hulu so good not a genre, not a genre film it's no. just like a age movie with with weirdness that it's like, like a movie. spiritual sibling to um napoleon dynamite almost yeah yeah that with like but the a24 filter i hate i know people hate when you assign a24 to things but it's just like a perfect description for something like that but i think there was like one screening of that movie yeah and that movie didn't come out till last year and yeah. it still came out super quiet. Nobody knows about it. And it's a very special movie to me. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm hopeful of finding, uh, taking some chances on things. And I think both rage and animal kingdom could be one of those movies that uh, not a lot of people may be talking about, but I think we, those who do go see it may be talking about it. Yeah, no, I, I hope uh, I hope this movie you speak of will be good because I will definitely look forward to it for sure. Um, so my final pick, I'm curious because I feel like this movie was specifically picked for me and I'm all for it. I'm going to give you a guess. Chelsea, what do you think it's going to be? Is it the one that's done by the Turbo Kid people? Nope. Hmm. Is it like extremely, extremely weird? Well, I wouldn't say extremely weird. Uh, I'll, I'll just tell you. I feel right. like you should know me that this would be my final pick. I know there's a lot of great movies coming out at Fantastic Fest, and I can't wait to see them all. They're all going to be great. But this one. Oh, no, I, have... I know. I know it. What, do you, what is it? It's Caligula. It is Caligula. No. I have never seen this movie in a theater and fantastic fest. I feel like knows me and was like, let's show Caligula in a theater with Malcolm McDowell in person. This movie is based on a Gore Vidal story and it is, um, it, it, <laughs> It's a long one. It's 160 minutes long, but it's basic. So if any of you've seen Futurama and know the character hedonism bot, it's basically that he's Caligula. It's just basically fucking and killing through three hours in the ancient Roman empire. And 
what's great about this movie is that one of the directors of this movie was the um the creator of the hit magazine that went on for many years penthouse and he's the one that filmed the uh, the unsimulated raw real sex scenes with the penthouse play playmates <laughs> in this movie to sim or to showcase roman orgies uh before they became very much popular again uh and eyes wide shut like this is like so i'm sure stanley kubrick watched caligula a lot and was like i need to make eyes wide shut based off the book um from the 17th century but like that's very much in tune and i know it's an older movie but oh my god to watch this in the theater i can't wait i really want to see this in the theater with a big group of people it's like right up my alley it's hedonism bought from futurama in real life and i'm very excited to see caligula <laughs> and if you have not seen this please come with me the water is fine we will watch it together and we should take shots during the movie um whoever is listening because it's gonna blow your mind cool man i've never seen it oh man caligula so good uh i have the blu-ray it's it, it's one of those blu-rays that's very similar to dead alive or dogma that it's so out of print that it like sells for like hundreds of dollars or whatever um because they haven't like redone it but yeah caligula it's good stuff. Um, all right. So to round this out, Fantastic Fest is known for secret screenings. So a secret screening usually happens twice during the fest during the week. And it's a movie just how much as it sounds. You go into a theater called it's a secret screening. You don't know what's playing until it starts. Um, in the past, we've had Guillermo del Toro show up for the secret screening to showcase Crimson Peak. We had M. Night Shyamalan and James McAvoy do Split um, and a bunch of others. Uh, not Good Night Mommy, man. The what? Good Night Mommy. Do you remember when they did that one? Oh, my God. I remember when they get, did Good Night Mommy. Nope. That, was the, that was pretty disappointing to me. If you saw my head go to the, to the right... I it was it was from your pronunciation of Shyamalan. Yeah, How do you Shyamalan. say it? M Sh- <laughs> I want to say it like that from now on. How am I supposed to say it? Shyamalan. It's Shyamalan. Shyamalan? It's not Shyamalan. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way I talk. And I. You, you saw you saw me just go. Err. <laughs> How good of a friend of mine that we talked about M. Night Shyamalan films here. <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan. That's how I talk. That's how he's going to be preferred to. Shyamalan. Shyamalan. Whatever you but. I was like, who? Uh, yeah, Shyamalan. M. Night. M. Night uh, did that. So this year they're doing not two, but they're doing four secret screenings. Um, Hopefully, M. Night Shyamalan will be there. <laughs> uh, I don't think he has a movie coming out on four. No, he does. He does have a movie, doesn't he? No, he doesn't. Fuck. Um, so we're going to go around and predict 
what we might see because there's some really cool choices that might happen. Last year, I know there was tons of stuff we were hoping for, and we were very disappointed. At least Preston was. Preston, I don't think I've ever seen as disappointed as he was when we watched Werewolf by Night, which is fucking weird because this whole podcast, he's talking about fucking werewolves. And so, um, but I guess Marvel's werewolf didn't didn't ignite his passion. <laughs> Yeah, but you don't want that for a secret secret screening. Yeah. I mean, I get it. It was Marvel at Fantastic Fest, but it was an hour long black and white and they brought in nobody, which was really weird. So I didn't like that aspect. And it was coming out the following week. Yeah. On Disney Plus. Right. So (laughs) (laughs) Preston's still bitter about it. He's still another middle finger moment. Yeah, there you go. He was Michael so Giacchino. funny in the middle of that movie. He's great yeah. composer, but all right. So we'll start with Chelsea again. What are your predictions for secret screening? So I'm gonna go Saw X. Okay. I'm excited for Saw X. I like all of the Saw movies. I don't care. I like Jigsaw. I like Saw 10. I like Saw 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. I like Donnie Wahlberg. I like Luke from Gilmore Girls. I'm in. That was that was so peppy. You you were so excited to tell me that. Um, <laughs> I I think um, and I I sent Preston a message about this a little a little earlier that we want Dream Scenario to play. The oh, is that the Nicolas Cage one? Yeah, the it H- makes one. sense to play there, right? Yeah. So it makes a lot of sense to play there. So I hope that's one. Um, my other two are are just kind of like fever dreams. I would really want poor things to play. Which um, one's that? That's, uh, Yorgos Lanthimos. Yeah. Oh yeah, the Yorgos. Uh, well, it's interesting because Nick Cage's last or like movie, uh, Color of Darker. Oh, yes, that played, and then Yorgos is. Um, Eyes wide shut, sibling. Um, the confessions of a sacred deer, or something. Killing uh, of a sacred deer. Killing of a sacred deer. Uh, played there too. I feel yeah. like very. That's very in the wheelhouse. Yeah, and um, I'm now <laughs> thinking that either like Hitman or the Killer, uh, w- might play. Those I'm telling you, if Hitman plays, we're going to see Preston like explode. Like yeah. Preston's yeah. favorite shit in life is Link Ladder and coming of age stuff. And just you will see Preston very excited. And I hope it happens. I, I hope it happens. <laughs> what was the other one? Um, my other one was just um what I would want to see, I would love to see a new Fincher. I would love to see the killer. Oh yeah. Yeah. That'd be awesome. That would be cool. And him him to be there. That'd be badass. Well, I would talk about I would be like, hey, our second episode of Fear and Loathing was Alien Three, your movie. No, 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 it wasn't. Fuck, it was Alien Four. <laughs> Alien sorry, Three is still a badass movie. <laughs> Alien up. No, Alien Three was such a badass movie though. I love it. Okay. Good picks, Chelsea. I hope those are the picks. Uh, Preston, anything to add to that? I mean, I would just reiterate Hitman and Dream Scenario. I think those would be good ones. Uh, Other rumblings, uh, just because either Draft House has 
used them in their stories or posted about them or uh, the, the PR company that we work with at Fantastic Fest has been sharing stuff about it that uh, Eli Ross Thanksgiving is a possibility. That would be a fun one. Uh, definitely uh, catered towards the Fantastic Fest audience. Uh, no pun intended. Um, uh, and also just we brought up Dream Scenario, but A24 has always had a presence in some way at, at this festival and it's noticeably absent mm -hmm. from um, the lineup currently. And so I think that would be a great way to do something. If they do do dream scenario, there's also the Dick's musical. Um, I'm not too high on that one, um, but maybe if it happened, we watch it, we could have a good time, but I would love if Iron Claw played there. Oh yeah. I think that would be an awesome Which one. Which one's Iron Claw? Really drum up some excitement, not only for its just Texas ties, and I know mm -hmm. Brian could talk about it endlessly, because of his wrestling uh, fascinations but i think something like that would be a wonderful way because um we've heard some things maybe um because of a24 has been very compliant with sag and in the writers guild that they're willing to pay everybody what they're what they're worth and deserve that the talent could come in so it's yeah. possible. I if this happens, if it's Iron Claw, oh my God. Um you I mean, like Preston will be excited for Link Ladder. I'm gonna be excited for Iron Claw. And that's just to see Zach Efron topless. But uh it's yeah, yeah. um <laughs> I to to grow up in the wrestling in Dallas, Texas, and go to the sportatorium seen i've seen the von erics wrestle like it would be it'd be nuts to me like that would be right up my alley so i would be very excited to see that um which would be awesome i don't know how far it is out from coming out and if this would be the place to do it because it's austin it's not dallas but yeah that i would love it that would be so cool um and i guess the only one i would say that i would I would like to see it, even though I don't think I would like the movie is the exorcist because yeah. I feel like I really enjoy David Gordon green when he's doing Joe or pineapple express, but not the Halloween trilogy. He really failed at that. Yeah. And I don't know if this take of the exorcist is going to bring it back because they're bringing back Ellen Burstyn as her character from the original exorcist. And my mind, I'm like, maybe the very last scene of the movie, we're going to have that Luke moment from uh, Star Wars and we're going to see Linda Blair come back in to do something and there'll be a sequel, which will... How can I help? Yeah, it will, dude, that will... I will <laughs> pop for that. I will pop for that so hard. I'll be like, yes! Linda right. fucking yeah. Blair! You know what? I've fucked a devil or two myself. So. <laughs> <laughs> Let Jesus stupid. fuck you. I know, right? Oh my god. Um, I am excited about this. So those are the secret screening and our picks. Please go to fantasticfest.com 
if you're not going, you can buy tickets or a badge still or show up and just be part of the fun. Uh, you can follow us on social media, talking about this throughout all the week. We're all going to be in person finally together. So I'm sure there will be some antics and hijinks and drunken posts. So please uh, do that. Before we before we get out of here, I got to ask um, if you, for each of you, if you can get a ta- if you had the option to get a tattoo of one movie from fantastic fest that you've seen like the title or the poster you can tattoo it on your body what fantastic fest movie would you tattoo on your body mm. i know my answer well yeah because you just asked it yeah that's yeah. your question the triple x supermarket <laughs> the 1970s porno they showed with nicholas winding refn doing the q a and intro to that movie and it was straight a 50 minute 1970s porno and it's called the triple x supermarket and i loved it i would totally get that tattooed on myself somewhere on this hairy body i for me i think so when <clears throat> forever, I will always associate the movie Split with Fantastic Fest because I think that was the most exciting secret screening experience that I've ever had. Um, just because of what they again, did, like yeah. we, we just covered, like anything can happen, and I don't think that was on anybody's radar when we were talking. Like everybody was just like talking about things within reach of a couple of months of a movie that may be coming out, but that movie was like five or six months out from being released yeah not only that but just what happens and i mean it's been out for 2017 so it's connections to unbreakable yeah um was the most exciting thing um because it was a very contained story it was also i think it's a very good one i think if you go back and watch it it's it's a very solid movie um but when that score starts to come in from unbreakable i just remember i think not to toot my own horn, but I was right next to my good buddy, James Cole Clay. And I was just like, that's the fucking Unbreakable score. This is a <laughs> secret movie to Unbreakable. And then when it really started to register for everybody, everybody's like, oh my God, how good. It just like that experience, like just being the high from that moment of like, again, <clears throat> M. Night Shyamalan <laughs> um, doing what he does of these twists and like him finding a new way to just like be you can make a movie that is so like contained and then at the very end reveal itself to be like a part of this larger world and like I can't think of many movies that have done something like that if any and so for that to happen and you're already on a high and like everybody's just like chit chatting and then in walks and not Shyamalan with yeah, James McAvoy. McAvoy. Yeah. And just being like, guys. And we're like, oh my God. So like <laughs> that excitement cannot be beat for me. So I would have to get a split tattoo. I don't know if I would just get Patricia or something on my arm or, <laughs> or something. But yeah, I think that'd be the tattoo I'd get. They call him Mr. Glass. <laughs> yeah. I I would so I wasn't there for when they when they premiered Crimson Peak I just Crimson Peak is one of my favorite movies um so I probably would get something from Crimson Peak but from something that I've seen that I was super 
excited to see there probably like bones and all oh hell yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you something press and i were just like this is our favorite movie fucking yeah. bones and all <laughs> and nobody else believed us <laughs> yeah. and still like that movie did not get the credit it's so it, deserved oh absolutely it a, not it was it's, an amazing movie yeah movie it's is so good bones and all would you get bones and all would you get timothy or would you get like lick it up by kiss probably bones and all yeah i like that and then, and then you forever get uh the oh that's a cool sandlot tattoo yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> bones and all <laughs> oh that's so good yeah that's so that we'll, we'll show up with tattoos of that at fantastic fest we love it um Preston, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on freshfiction.tv where I'm the features editor. You can find my writing and interviews and everything like that also on Fresh Fiction, but you can also find me on dittonrc.com for Ditton Record Chronicle. And you can find me most active, which I didn't do on our most recent episode, Fear and Loathing, um, on on Instagram, Blu-ray Dad, uh, and then everywhere else under Preston Barra. Uh Chelsea. Um, you can find me on Fear and Loathing, or you can find me, yeah, like Preston, I'm most active on probably Instagram under Chelsea Nico, and then on Twitter as Miss underscore Tenenbaum. So where can everybody find you both during the fest mostly? Are you going to be posting most of Instagram stories or? Probably. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Um, and probably some Twitter, because that usually that's where the buzz is tends to generate if I nothing's going to get uh much other than like our own followers and thing like that because you can only do one hashtag and things like that with Instagram so it feels a little more personal and like genuine when you do something on Instagram but I I imagine or at least for me I'm probably going to be making individual posts about each experience that I have on on uh, Twitter yeah, yeah, mine already says Chelsea at Fantastic Fest. So yeah, there you go. I'm ready. I'm ready. She's ready. Um, I'm Brian Kluger. You can find me at Brian Kluger anywhere, uh, social media wise: Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Snapchat, Be Real, Blue Sky, and Threads. Um, also at High Def Digest, where a lot of the Reviews will go on YouTube, Brian Kluger. A lot of the interviews will go up at some point. But yes, we are very excited to see everybody at Fantastic Fest. Go to fantasticfest.com. Go to the alamodrafthouse.com. Find out about all these movies and give us a follow. Fear and Loathing, you will be able to see Preston, Chelsea, myself, and Dan Moran at Fantastic Fest in person. Um, come over, say hi. We'll take a drink. <laughs>